0: Amen. Thank you, Taylor. If you have your Bibles this morning, and you would, find two places with me. 2 Samuel, the third chapter, and Luke chapter 23. As we've been going through 1 Samuel, and then 2 Samuel, it is no accident that today we find ourselves with a man responding to death. If you're familiar with where we're at in 2 Samuel, King David is being raised up to take the throne. He is being raised up to be the king that God had intended for him to be. But yet, something happened. There was a rebellion, and Abner, a powerful and influential man, led a rebellion and put Ishbosheth on the throne. But we looked that at some point, Abner got upset. And in his pride, decided that he would switch his loyalties to David. And We looked last week at how Abner had came into King David's camp. They threw a feast for him. They celebrated the fact that their greatest enemy had turned to their side. And we looked at how not only did they celebrate him, that how Jesus was celebrated when he entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And we looked then after that that time of of rejoicing and celebration that Abner was murdered in an alley by Joab and his brother. And we looked at how he was betrayed. And we looked at how Jesus was betrayed. And and where we find ourselves is King David has went from a point of great joy of thinking, my greatest enemy has become my greatest supporter. I'm going to have the throne. I'm going to have the promises that God wants for my life. And if you're here today, you probably have been at a point like that in your life where you think we have finally got it figured out. We finally got our kids raised. We finally got a little money in the bank. And then something happens. Right? We just retired. We just finally earned our freedom and the doctor calls, and it's cancer. All of us have been there. We've put our trust and hope in someone, and then we find out that they have betrayed us. You see, that happens to all of us. But the choice that we make in the difficulties is really who defines and what defines who we are. And so David is now at a place where Abner has been murdered, and he hears about it. Now, most of us could say something like this. Well, Abner was just in it for himself. He got what was coming to him. Or David could have said, you know what? I really didn't care about Abner. I just wanted him on my team. And this morning, I want you to know something, that there is another death that we all have a choice in how we respond to. What Jesus Christ did for us on the cross is clear in the Word of God. It is clear that the very Son of God, the one who created everything, and the one who is above everything, was born in a manger, lived a perfect life, never sinned and never deserved judgment, but willingly went to the cross. And you say, Jake, I just don't understand that. I don't either, because I know how sinful I am even now that I am saved. I know the struggles that I have, and I think, how could God love someone like me? But yet he willingly went to the cross, and he died upon that cross, hung there between heaven and earth, and the judgment of God on sin was placed upon him. He died and was buried and rose again. That death happened, whether you acknowledge it or you don't. Just like David could have ignored Abner's death, it happened. But friends, this morning I want you to know that the choice that you make once you know that Jesus has done that for you makes all the difference. And this morning I want to show you that David's response showed us that he had a real love for Abner. And this morning I want you to know is this. You can tell everybody that you attend church. You can tell everybody that you've been baptized. You can tell everybody that you go out and eat supper with the pastor, but none of those things will get you to heaven. And Friends, this morning I care about one thing and one thing only, and that is that every person who leaves here today can say honestly whether or not they know the Lord or they don't. Friends, I would rather you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ and know Him as your personal Savior and go to church somewhere else than for you to sit here every Sunday and die and go to hell. Because church attendance, baptism, the Lord's Supper, none of those things saves. It all has to do with the choice that you make about Jesus. And so if you would pray with me this morning, and we will jump right into our text as we are going verse by verse. Father, today I thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you for... Months and months ago when we began this study, that God, you knew today here on Easter that we would be looking at a picture of someone responding to an execution. And Lord, we as your people, Lord, have responded, and I pray today, Lord, that for anyone in this place that does not know or does not know for sure, that today would be that day. Father, I pray for those who have convinced themselves that they are right with you, that they have made that decision, but truly have it, to have the courage to step out and be honest today. And Father, I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And so Abner has been murdered, and verse 31, then David said to Joab and to all the people who were with him, tear your clothes, gird yourself with sackcloth, and mourn for Abner. And King David David followed the coffin, so they buried Abner in Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept. And the king sang a lament lament over Abner and said, Should Abner die as a fool dies? Your hands were not bound, nor your feet put into fetters. As a man falls before the wicked, you fell. Then all the people wept over him again. This morning I want to show you the first thing if you're taking notes is this, that we see there is real brokenness. David did not just care about Abner because he could get something from him. If I'm David, I hate Abner because Abner has kept the throne from me for at least six and a half years. He has led an army against me that has killed people that I have known my whole life. But yet David was a man who cared about people. He loved not only those that loved him, but he loved his enemies. And friends, this morning I want you to know something, that you and I, if we truly are saved, if we truly know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, there will be real brokenness. A real understanding that says, God, I know that I'm a sinner. God, I know that I have broken your commands. God, I know that I have rebelled against you. And this morning, I want you to know this, that sometimes we think that that doesn't apply to us. And sometimes we will say, well, Jake, everybody that goes to church are hypocrites and they're phony and and they don't live their faith out at home and at work. And you are absolutely right. There will be people that you go to church with that will make you so angry. And friends, there will be people that you make angry that you go to church with. There will be times in your life when you will make spiritual decisions that you will be a role model for other people who worship with you. And then there will be times in your life when you will make decisions that people will think, why would anybody follow you? But friends, today you have to make a choice to how do you respond to the death of Jesus. David showed us that he really loved Abner. And you say, Jake, how does this tie into what Jesus did for us? I'm glad that you asked. In Luke, the 23rd chapter, we see Jesus on the cross. And you know this story. You know exactly what happens. There are two men placed beside him. Two criminals deserving to be on that cross. They had done whatever was necessary to to receive the punishment of crucifixion. And so I can only imagine how beat up and bloodied and bruised Jesus would have been. And these two men would have been the same way. Barely hanging on for life. Struggling, knowing that their time was going to end. Yesterday, I heard a pastor say at a funeral these words. The amazing thing about the men on the cross next to Jesus was the thief that was saved... Gives us all hope. Gives us hope that no matter where we've been or how far we've strayed or how much we've sinned, we can be saved. And the other thief on the cross who rejected Jesus should be a reminder to us that none of us are blameless. That none of us can avoid the sin that we have lived out. And so listen to Luke chapter 23 starting in verse 39. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. That criminal made a decision to reject Jesus, to reject the fact that he was the Son of God, to reject the fact that he had died for them, and that he loved them, and that he cared about him. But the other thief, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. You see, this man responded to the death of Jesus like David had Abner. He was broken, he was genuine, he was accepting, he understood what had happened. And this morning I want you to know this because you might be saying, well Jake, I'll be like the thief on the cross. I'm going to live my life, I'm going to, I'm going to spend my time, I'm going to do what I want. And then at the very last moment, after I've laid in a hospital bed, after I've been in the nursing home, I'll wait till someone like you who comes around to the nursing home rooms and shares the gospel will give me the gospel and I will be saved. And friends, I can tell you I have led tons of elderly people to the Lord on their deathbed in a nursing home room, but friends, not everyone is given that privilege. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation, that tomorrow is promised For no man. And so it sounds like a good plan. It sounds like a good idea. But friends, it is not promised to each and every one of us. But we see here a couple things that apply to you and I. The thief on the cross that was saved admitted that Jesus was who he was. Did you notice that, that he says that he is undeserving of this punishment? What he is saying is Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. The perfect son of God. The one who did not deserve the death that he received. And that's what we believe. That you have to believe that Jesus is who the Bible says that he was. This man publicly said it to Jesus. He admitted it. And he confessed what, that he was putting his hope and trust in Jesus by saying what? Lord, remember me. This day. You see, friends, you say, well, I don't have any problems with Jesus. I don't have any problems with Christianity, but I will just do nothing with it. Friends, to do nothing with Jesus is to say no to Jesus. You see, you have a choice this morning, and I have a choice this morning, to say, God, I know that you've died for me. I know that you love me. I know that you have made a way for me to save. And God, I know that I needed that. And God, I want that. I want that free gift of salvation, and it's called real brokenness. The second thing I want to show you that we see, not only from David, is we see that there is not only brokenness, but we see that there is a real life impact. In verse 35 of this chapter, it says, And when all the people came to persuade David to eat food while it was still day, David took an oath saying, God do so to me, and more also, if I taste bread or anything else till the sun goes down. Now all the people took note of it, and it pleased them, since whatever the king did pleased all the people. For all the people in all Israel understood that day that it had not been the king's intent to kill Abner, the son of Ner. Then the king said to his servants, Do you not know that a prince and a great man has fallen this day, in Israel, This had not only just made David upset, but we see that it had changed the way he was living. You see, David says, I'm not going to eat, I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray, I'm going to mourn, I am going to live out the emotion and the grief that I am experiencing. And friends, as believers, our faith is not just something that we pray in an altar, it is a relationship with a God who changes us who impacts us, who makes a difference in us. It's the fact that the Holy Spirit comes to live within us and He leads us and He guides us and He convicts us and He comforts us and He encourages us. People will tell me, Jake, I'm saved, but I have never experienced a change. I'm saved, but I've never experienced joy or peace. I've never experienced conviction. Then friends, this morning I want you to know is what you experienced was heartburn and not salvation. You you experienced an emotional response. But friends, when Jesus Christ becomes the Lord and Savior of your life and the Holy Spirit of God comes to indwell you, it will change you forever. That doesn't mean you can't grieve the Holy Spirit, that you can't run from God, that you can't stray and stumble and, and do things that makes you look back and think, what is wrong with me? But friends, it is something that makes a difference in your life. And I don't know if you notice this or not, but the people were watching David. Because I don't know if you know this or not, human nature has not changed. And so if your enemy goes up missing or your enemy ends up dead, they call you a person of interest. And David's greatest enemy ends up dead, and I'm sure everybody was like, "Oh, I'm sure David had nothing to do with it." No, I'm sure the old men at the coffee shop and the little old ladies sitting around baking bread were like, can you believe it? I wonder who was responsible. Well, it had to be David, right? It makes the most sense. Why is it that when someone's murdered, the first thing they usually look at is who is the beneficiary of what? Some of you has been thinking about this. No, I just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But that's why, because who? has the most to gain. But because David lived out his faith, and because David let his love for Abner and his sincerity make a difference in his life, they looked at him and said, David is the real deal. David had nothing to do with this. David is a man of integrity. David is a man that we can follow. And friends, what better testimony could that be for God's people? Just think about Peter. Most of you are very aware, and Taylor just sang about it. But in Luke chapter 22, Peter was terrified after Jesus was arrested. And listen to how he responds to that pressure. In verse 54 it says, Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. Don't miss this. It's a little girl. It's a grown man. And all she says is, You were with him. But he denied him saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, These people are getting more bold. Can you just imagine? We're sitting around a campfire, and someone says, Aren't you the guy? When that happens in my life, it is never good. Because it is always a story from before I got right with God. And it always breaks my heart. Aren't you the guy? Some of you are thinking, oh, I hate those moments. But aren't you the guy? Everybody sits around that fire a little bit longer. They're probably whispering, talking back and forth. And someone's else like, you know what? I think that is the guy. Aren't you the guy? No, no, not me, not me. And I just think about an hour they're sitting there, right? And they're talking, they're like, no, that's the guy, that's the guy, that's the guy. And eventually someone says confidently after they've all whispered, they've all communicated, they've all talked about it, you're the dude. And he's like, huh. listen to what he says. In verse 60. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you were saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word that the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now we don't know this for sure, but I'm going to give you the best understanding of what I can picture here. Jesus had been arrested. If you remember what happened after Jesus was arrested that night, is they were beating him and striking him. Now we don't know if they were still questioning him at this time. We don't know if Peter could hear them beating him. We don't know. But can you imagine being within sight of the Lord, the one you had followed and walked with and saw do miracles? And whether he was being beaten or whatever it was, we don't know. you think that had anything to do with Peter's response? I don't want to go through that. I don't want to suffer that. Friends, I want to tell you the difference that God could make in your life. Because Peter went from a nobody to somebody that God could use. And it was all because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. After Jesus had arose, showed himself, went back to heaven, we find Peter in the book of Acts chapter 2. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words. The same man who was whimpering around a fire, scared of a little girl, and a woman, and a person's gossip, is now standing up in front of thousands of people, knowing that they are coming for Christians, knowing that they are coming from the people who follow Jesus, and says, Listen up! I've got something to tell you about a man named Jesus. You see, that's the difference that God can make in your life. And so if you're here today and you're saying, Jake, I know that I'm saved. I know that I've been born again. Then I ask you to ask yourself this one simple question. How has Jesus changed you? Is there more joy than there used to be? Is there more peace than there used to be? Do you have an attitude of trust and obeying instead of fear and discouragement? Do you have an attitude of God has forgiven me, I can forgive others? Because friends, if real brokenness happens and real salvation takes effect, there will be a real impact in your life. I think the number one way that looks is this. When someone is a believer, says they are a believer but does not care, where their loved one spends eternity, it is a pretty good indication to me that they do not know the Lord or they are extremely backslidden. Because friends, when you have experienced forgiveness, it changes everything about you. Half of you has understood that. When you go from realizing that you were on your way to hell, a place of eternal damnation, A place where the Bible says the fire is not quenched. The worm never dies. It is total darkness. A total separation from God. And you and I deserved it. But it has all been changed because of what Jesus Christ did for us. It changes who you are. It changes how you view people. It changes where you want people to spend eternity. Because why? I want the people that I love the most to spend it in heaven with Jesus. The third thing this morning is this. Not only do we see real brokenness, and not only do we see that there is a real impact made in this life, we see that God will hold us accountable for the choice that we make. God will make us accountable for the choice that we make. As you know, I have been trying to lose some weight. I was doing very, very, very well. Now, I've not done so very, very well. But I started exercising a few extra nights a week. On Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, the youth dragged me out to play basketball, I think just so they can laugh at me when I run up and down the floor. But uh, So I thought, in my mind, you know what? That extra hour it would allow me to eat what I want, Right? I mean, you know, everybody's entitled. You, you, you work a little bit, you can eat a little bit. And uh, so I thought, you know what, I'll eat a little bread this day. Uh, this Sunday night I'll eat a little bit of pizza. Uh, oh, we had Easter dinner yesterday. Uh, uh, I would love some chips and dips and nachos. And, and I'm like, woo, you know, but I've been exercising, so it's okay. Well, what I can tell you is I've added 15 pounds because the choices that we make have consequences or benefits. And I want you to see in verse 39 with King David, he says these words, And I am weak today, though anointed king, and these men, the sons of Zariah, are too harsh for me. The Lord shall repay the evildoer according to his wickedness. David says that even though... He was king. This was more than he could handle. He doesn't say that he is going to repay them for their evil. Who does he say will repay them for their evil? The Lord. And friends, this is very important today. David was king. He could have had them executed. He could have had them punished. But he did not. Why? Because in this instance... It wasn't his place to judge at this time. But he knew that the Lord would repay evil for those who did it. And this morning I want you to know something. God will reward those who repent of their sins and call upon His name. The Bible says the reward is forgiveness. The Bible says the reward is an eternity in heaven. The Bible says you can have things like peace and joy and all the fruit of the Spirit. You can have those freely if you will trust Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. But this morning, Jesus also says that there is another choice you can make. In Luke chapter 23, verse 27, Jesus says these words, And a great multitude of people followed Him, and women who also mourned and lamented Him. But Jesus turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren, wombs that never bore, and breasts that were never nurtured. Then they will begin to say, To the mountains fall on us, and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will be done? In the dry. Jesus tells them there's a day of judgment coming. I believe the Bible teaches that one of these days Jesus is coming back for his children. I believe it's called the second coming of Christ. I believe the dead in Christ will rise first and then those of us who remain will be quickly changed. But friends, I want you to know something, that there is going to be a terrible time, I believe, that's going to last seven years where the Antichrist and Satan lead the world through the tribulation period. But at the end of that period, Jesus is going to come back and destroy his enemies. And Jesus is telling them there is a judgment coming that you do not want to go through. He even says that you will be begging that your children had not been born, that you had not had the privilege of having children. Can you imagine that? This is the same God who gives life. The Bible says that God opens the womb, closes the womb. God knew you before you were ever born, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Gift of life is the one thing that God can do that no one else can do, give life. But he says there's a judgment coming so bad that even that gift is not worth it. Friends, I hear that today and it breaks my heart. Because friends, even though I want everyone I come into contact with to know Jesus, I know that not all of them will. And I know that there are liberal churches and people who don't like the idea of the judgment of God. But friends, if sin does not have to be punished, then what Jesus went through was unnecessary. You see, the reason that the cross and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus is so amazing, and it's so special, and it's so wonderful, is because of what it has saved us from. When you have been forgiven much, you recognize how special it is. That's why when Jesus told the parable of the man who owed a great debt, a debt that he could not pay, And the owner of that debt said, I forgive you. You don't have to pay me back for it. And if you remember in that story, that man who had been forgiven, most Bible commentaries uh, view it as a thousand people plus his wage for years, goes out and does not forgive one man a small debt. Do you remember that? When that rich man heard it, he threw him into prison, and he says, I have forgiven you so much, but yet you would not forgive a little. And friends, today I hope that you are here and you know that you have been forgiven of much. I hope today on this Easter resurrection Sunday morning you can say without a shadow of a doubt, that God has forgiven me of my sin. I know Him as the Lord and Savior of my life. He has changed me. He has made me whole. He has given me hope and joy and peace and all of these things that I cannot explain because, friends, there is nothing greater. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Jake, I know that I've been saved, but, man, I've just been hurt. I've been hurt in church. I've seen people say they're Christians and not live out their faith. Jake, I've just seen too many bad things in my life. Today, friends, I want you to know that that is all a side effect of sin. Sin is the reason there are problems in this world. Sin are the reason there's death and heartache and struggle. That's why Jesus came, to conquer sin and death and the grave. Friends, this morning, I hope that you will know this, that no matter where you've been or what you've done, that God loves you That he died for you and wants to save you. And just like David wept over Abner, it didn't matter what Abner had done. It didn't matter the things that Abner had done to David. It just mattered that David had loved Abner. And friends, this morning, that's how God loves you. He loved you so much that he proved it through the crucifixion. You say, Jake, I've just really failed God. Jake, I've made a mess of things. I've mocked God. I've made fun of God. I, I've just treated Him like He didn't matter. Well, the great thing is this. Jesus knew every sin you'd ever commit and died for you anyway. God knew every sin you would ever create and ever commit and ever ever follow after. But yet He died for you anyway. And friends, David shows us this because he knew what Abner did and loved him anyway. And so this morning I hope that you will know this, that you can come to Jesus no matter where you've been or what you've done, but know this, you will never be good enough that you don't need him. That you don't need what he did for you on the cross. I needed it, and you needed it, and praise be to God, he finished it. For you and I. So Father today we thank you for your word. Lord I know I have not done it justice. But God I thank you for your word. God I thank you for. Lord over a year ago. When we started 1 Samuel. That you knew this day. We would be on this topic. On this situation. And God that you would knew every heart. And every person who would be here today. God before I ever knew. Even if I don't know. And so, God, today I pray that you would help this group of people, Lord, to know without a shadow of a doubt that you are the Lord and Savior of their life. Father, today I pray for those that are hurting, that are, that are struggling, that are, that are beat down, God, that are, that are just feel like they want to give up and quit, that today, God, you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them, God, that you would remind them that you love them and care about them. And, Lord, that you proved it on the cross. Father, I pray today that whatever the situations are in people's lives, God, that you would show them that you're the answer. Lord, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's bitterness, whether it's doubt, whether it's fear, God, that today you would show us that you are enough. And so, Father, I just pray now as we enter this time of invitation that, God, you would give us a freedom to worship you, a freedom, Lord, to seek you, and, God, that you would draw us to yourself. Lord, we thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you for the resurrection. and God, we just thank you for loving us even though we do not deserve it. And God, I just ask it all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.